If someone were to tell you that there is evil in the wind, how literally would you receive that warning? When you hear someone mention Satan's popular moniker, Prince of the Power of the Air, what do you think is meant by the word air? Is it a euphemism or a figure of speech? Or is it possible that Satan may actually reside in the destructive energies of violent weather patterns, gusts of wind, twisters, and tornadoes? Can his influence be seen in today's most celebrated sky tech, such as airplanes and other flying crafts? And why are some species of birds so heavily linked with evil? Today's panel of experts is about to blow your mind. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn. Today, we're back with our special investigative series that aims to confront head-on where the United States of America is heading politically, spiritually, and prophetically. But first, watch this. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for pre President of the United States. In the mystical Hebrew year 5785, which falls between 2024 and 2025, hundreds of millions of people worldwide will observe the election of what could be the final American president. And in the latter time, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty. A new world order, it is taking shape and it is not one that you should be happy about. Nearly 2,500 years have elapsed since the ancient Hebrew prophets foresaw starting at the inauguration of the next U.S. president, the beginning of the end for mankind. Political experts claim Americans will simply witness a replay of Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. But will this, as prophecy foretold, be a last administration under legions of demons? And the whole earth will marvel as they follow the beast and worship the dragon, for he will give his authority to the beast. And they will worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? From the internationally acclaimed author of Zeitgeist 2025 comes his most astonishing revelations yet in We Are Legion, for we are many. Dr. Thomas Horn shatters the paradigm by soberly and frighteningly exposing how, before and after the presidency of Donald Trump, the United States was, and now is again, on an intentional trajectory to fulfill the prophetic and occult aspirations of legendary dark dominions. Survive outside the world that they are building. We are legion, for we are many. Dominions, Cosmo Craters in Washington, D.C. Unmasking the ancient riddle of the Hebrew year 5785 and the eminent destiny of America.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We continue our special series on the books. We are legion for we are many. Divided we stand. The globalist scheme for a one world government and the prince of the power of the air in the last days. But before we get into that discussion, let me introduce who's in house. He's a multi-time, critically acclaimed, best-selling author and founder of Skywatch Television, Dr. Thomas Horn. She's a credentialed, ordained reverend with a degree in Bible and theology, a powerful voice in Christian television, Donna Howell. Ladies and gentlemen, we are smack dab in the middle of an investigative series that we started several weeks ago on three brand new works from Defender Publishing, and I'm going to show you those right now. First, We Are Legion, for we are many. Dominions, Cosmo Craters in Washington, D.C., unmasking the ancient riddle of the Hebrew year 5785 and the imminent destiny of America by Dr. Thomas Horn. Divided We Stand, the globalist scheme for a one-world government by Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. And the subject of discussion today, the prince of the power of the air and the last days, Satanology, History, Prophecy, Technology by Jeffrey W. Martis. And I should say at the onset of the program, unfortunately, due to illness, Jeffrey was not able to be here today. But Tom is the publisher of this book. It is a masterful fit to the conversation about what is going on spiritually in the United States right now. And Donna, you've been through this book. I want to get right into the subject. If you've missed the last few weeks, we are talking about the unrecognizable condition that the United States and much of Western civilization finds itself in from the one that many of us grew up in and would have considered a conservative bastion, the light to the rest of the world, the model for what democracy should look like when you're able to vote freely and you have protection under the Constitution, First Amendment rights and how spiritually this dark, encroaching, Luciferian plan has deeply seeded itself now in everything from academia to our political constructs to the people who, air quote, represent us in our government. And of course, that begs the question, what to do? And we've been organizing that over the last several weeks. What does the body of Christ's reaction to all of this look like? What does a patriot's response to all of this look like? And is there a place where patriots and Christianity can coexist and work towards the same thing without going down the slippery slope of dominionism, where the idea of the responsibility of the church is to actually condition your congregation to pull a voting lever? Because then we start missing the point that our focus should be on Jesus Christ and the hope of his son. Donna, Christians often say, digging straight into the book, the prince of the power of the air, and we're going to talk about what that actually means in a minute, giving the enemy too much focus also ends up giving him too much power, right? When you blame Satan for everything that happens, my car broke down, I had the flu on Saturday, I'm under attack. Sometimes this is God stepping back and allowing you to deal with the fact that you're in a finite world that has fallen, and that is a side effect of occupying here. But when it's not actually the enemy and it's just a part of being here, we kind of embolden him. A lot of Christians believe this. You're giving power to him for something he actually has no control over and he gets to sit back with his feet up and say, thank you. I'd love to be that powerful. I would love to tinker with your church in those ways. But this book by Jeffrey Martis, Prince of the Power of the Air, is the perfect companion to Tom Horn's We Are Legion for We Are Many. 
And I mean the reason we're including Jeffrey's book, The Prince of the Powers of the Air, is because Tom, like the Apostle Paul did, also focuses on the supernatural enemies at work behind government agencies. And Jeffrey adds dynamic additional insights into these demonic forces and how to combat them. And I think that that will truly help people understand who and what these demonic forces are doing in Washington, D.C. Where do you see the balance in all of this? Yeah, some people say in the church, don't even talk about Satan. You're giving him too much credit. Don't talk about it. I mean, depending on the denomination, that's still kind of a leading rebuttal from the church. Well, that's a very, very big mistake. We shouldn't be glorifying him and talking about how, you know, he's got all this power everywhere and seeing Satan in the details at all times. We shouldn't be doing that. But if you're blind to the enemy's wiles, you are also vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you go back to the 1980s and 1990s, there was a musician in church by the name of Keith Green. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this song, No One Believes in Me Anymore. And it was written from the purview of the enemy. And he started to say things like, my book's on your shelves, my ideologies in your government. He's talking as if he's the enemy, manipulating and puppeting from behind the scenes, behind the curtain. And this song, it climaxes to this moment when he says, it's getting very simple now because no one believes in me anymore. Right. How prophetic was that right. back in the 80s and 90s? we're there. Not only is there a mass exodus of, of people who will even acknowledge that Satan is real. Derek, you and I have had this conversation before. The fact that, that so many people, even in the church, professing Christians in the West, there's only, what is it, Derek? It's about 60% don't believe that Satan is real. So only about 40% believe that he's actually a real a entity. Professing Christians. A professing Christians. Professing Christians in the West. Where does most of our world theology come from? It's from the West. We are looking at a time where most Christians are not even really sure if the devil is real. And then those who do believe the devil is real, they are either off balance, like you talked about earlier, you know, somebody who sees the devil in everything. They just don't understand the true tactics. So I, I think of in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. We have to get back to a point where we understand that the devil is real, Satan, Lucifer, whatever name you want to put on the ultimate enemy of God, he's very real. And he's in places you wouldn't expect him to be. And that is exactly what Jeffrey Martis has written. He's gone in and he's looked at the names of the enemy. I'll give you the three names that he focuses on in his book. First of all, Prince of Devils. And what that means is Satan's authority over the demonic realm. In other words, the spirit realm, he is the master bad guy and he's got his minions and his underlings. If that is true, then also Prince of this world, he is ruler over the world of mankind. Now, what that means is not just individuals, that is kingdoms, right. that is empires, politics to the highest rung. And then, of course, he is also prince of the power of the air. We can get into that in a moment. Yes. But Martis says this. All these things are interrelated and overlap. You can't have one without the other, and they all complement each other into a very, very satanic regime that we are largely unaware of on the daily. Collectively, these titles help encapsulate why the devil is currently referred to as the god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. Yeah, I do want to get into what the prince of the power of the air actually means in those words. But before we get into that, I want to back up just a little bit. Tom, I know that this book was very important to you. 
For the viewers at home that may not be familiar with Jeffrey's work, this is not the first book that, that he wrote that you loved. Why did you want to publish this? Yeah, well, it kind of goes back a few years, and I won't get bogged down in the weeds here. Jeffrey is very dear to this company. He's very, He's very dear, dear to me. Yes. He has worked so very hard to give us these master class covers for our books. He's a fabulous designer. He's had struggles with his health and things like that, and yet he has just continued to plow right. uh, forward yeah. because this is what God called him to do, right? And often Christians have to, you know, like Paul saying, I besought the Lord thrice that he would take away this force that was somehow hurting him physically. But the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So this is what Jeffrey has done and he has shown us grace, strength, commitment to yes, doing an has. excellent job. But one thing I didn't know about Jeffrey, and this actually came up a few years ago, was Bob Ulrich. They were carrying a book now called What Dwells Beyond. Right. Uh, yep. and, it, and actually it was kind of ahead of the, you know, the recent whistleblowers talking about aliens and recovered spacecraft and, you know, alien biologics that they've recovered and all this kind of stuff that we've seen in Congress recently. And Bob said, you have got to read this book. It's like one of the most unusual, enlightening books ever. So he sends me a copy. I'm reading it, right? It's Jeffrey Martis, what? I had no clue. Man alive, this is great. So I tried to get him to come on our program. He couldn't do it because of his physical limitations. But we republished the book, and it has done really well. So when I heard about this, when I said, gimme, 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 and he sent me this book, and once again, I got to tell you, 25 years, executive in the Assemblies of God for almost a decade. I have read a ton of books. I have written a ton of books. This thing has stuff in it that is so powerful that I have never read in any other book on Satanology, but also spiritual warfare and some of the conclusions that he makes. So we'll get into some of those details, right, but right. people are going to love that book, and it is a perfect companion to Divided We Stand and We Are Legion. Yeah, I know Josh Peck and I, when we wrote the book, The, uh, the Day the Earth Stands, and still on the alien phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon, we cited what dwells beyond a number of times in that book. So I'm really looking forward to reading yeah, this. Yeah, it's great. But Donna, let's get back into it. The words, the prince of the power of the air, you hear that, people preach on that. And a lot of people in your estimation have kind of lost the meaning of what that actually means. We have three terms that is used in the biblical books to refer to the heaven places. The first one, of course, is like the God's throne room where the angels live, the, the biblical heaven idea, this, this place that is far transcendent above where we are. Another word that we use for the word like space or space bodies out there with Mars and the stars or whatever. But the word that is specifically being used of Satan when it calls him the prince of the power of the air, it comes from Amy. And this word actually means to breathe. Now, if you, if you look at why the biblical writers chose to use the different words to reference this particular realm, it's because this is where we breathe, right? But also it refers to the power of breath. You remember that the Holy Spirit is the breath of God, right, right? Right. Breath biblically has power associated to it. We also see that God uses breath mm -hmm. in, in many places of the Bible to bless or to lead. So when you look at the prince of the power of the air, it is specifically referring to the earth's atmosphere. In fact, I went into a couple of my Logos Bible software resources and I actually looked up this Greek 
word. The air, particularly the lower and denser air, mm -hmm. as distinguished from the higher and rarer air, i.e. the atmospheric region of Earth. So prince of the power of the air. It's not this mystical air of something. It's specifically Earth's atmosphere. Listen to this excerpt from Jeffrey Martis's book. What this infers is that anything that happens as a result of the air or takes place in the air has the potential of being a consequence of satanic authority. Now, crucial note here, he didn't say everything that ever happens in the air is demonic. He's saying it has the potential to be linked to that. Earth's atmosphere is responsible for many different things. Air can carry water, dirt, dust, sand, pollen, soot. Air can travel slowly or very fast. It can be light or forceful. It can move minimally with a short breeze or travel for long distances. So he gives several examples. And then he says, it can even press down upon the Earth as pressure, reshape the Earth's surface through erosion or the creation of dunes. And one of its primary features is the weather. Mm -hmm. Air can do all these things and more. The Satan's name as the prince of this region of air and weather relates to us that he must have some kind of mastery over many of these same things in that list that I just read. Here's another thing that he says about this region of the air. He says, quote, throughout history, it has been reported by witnesses that storms and vortices like tornadoes often bring with them an ominous sense of the presence of evil. Instead of a storm being simply a violent tempest, many report the incident as feeling more like an encounter with a living being. Mm. Peter Thusen, the professor of religious studies, writes of the reports of frequent tornado victims saying, quote, this is a quote within a quote, like apparitions from another world, tornadoes loom with a lifelike presence, often causing witnesses to feel pursued as if by a malevolent spirit, despite vastly improved radar and warning systems. Why it obliterates one house but leaves a neighboring one untouched? It defies prediction. Right. Recent scientific advances have only increased the sense that naturalistic explanations cannot capture the full complexity of a tornado. Thiessen then adds that tornadoes prove the existence of mysteries beyond what is scientifically discoverable and measurable. And then one, one more small part. On this, Chicago Tribune columnist John Cass experienced a tornado firsthand in 1967. Upon the storm's approach, Mr. Cass reported that he had an eerie feeling of evil, nature with a mind predatory, nature intent on hunting us down, end oh. quote. <laughs> As the monstrous rotation overtook him, he said it sounded like a freight train of demons. The idea of ascribing awareness or intelligence to violent storms is certainly unsettling, but why do so many victims do this? Does man sense immortality and awe in the face of such dangerous and frightening power make him delusional or is there more to these feelings? Is it all just supposed primeval superstition that can be explained away psychologically? Or is there something unknown going on, something science cannot consider? As we've already discussed earlier in the book, the existence of a guiding thinking mind behind supposed natural weather events is not beyond the scope of reality. In fact, some storms may involve exactly this because according to the Bible, this means that not all atmospheric phenomenon or a thing of mere climate cycles, scripture shows that aerial events can result. And then he goes into talking about how 
all through the Bible. It talks about how storms are used even by malevolent forces. Wow. And you're right. Jesus specifically identified the storm god of the ancient world as Satan. We see this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, Matthew 12, beginning at verse 22. Uh, Mark 3, Matthew 3, also beginning at verse 22. But essentially, he was accused by the scribes and Pharisees of casting out demons, that was Jesus, by the power of Beelzebul, which means Baal, the prince. And Jesus replied by saying, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Basically identifying Satan as the storm god Baal. It was known to the Greeks as Zeus, to the Romans as Jupiter, to the Hurrians and Hittites as Teshub and Tarhunta. The Norse called him Thor, uh, Marduk, in the, to the Akkadians and Babylonians. The storm god was the king of all of those pantheons. Even in the ancient uh, Indian pantheon, Indra became the king of the pantheon. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the, the Slavs, Perun, the storm god, became the king mm-hmm. of their pantheon. It's a consistent story over and over in the ancient world, and I don't think it's a coincidence. The story repeats itself with just minor, minor differences here and there. But even in uh, Revelation 2, verse 13, where, uh, in the letter of Pergamum, Jesus says, I know where you live, where Satan dwells. Mm -hmm. That was the reference to the great altar of Zeus, which interestingly was brought to Berlin in 1933, just before Hitler and the National Socialist Party (laughs) came to power. So, uh, yeah, and, and by the way, 1967, I was hiding in the basement of our house in Chicago when that storm came through. I'm a little young to remember what it felt like at the time, but uh, that was like two miles from our house. And uh, I, did, I, I followed John Cass on Twitter. I would, did not realize that uh, he had lived through that storm, but that took a lot of people in Chicago by surprise. It was a, a lot of devastation caused just a couple of miles from where we lived at the time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about The Prince of the Power of the Air by Jeffrey Martis. It is a part of the largest giveaway of the year, and it's available right now in the We Are Legion Grand Collection. When you order the We Are Legion Grand Collection from SkywatchTVStore.com, you'll receive We Are Legion for We Are Many. Dominions, Cosmo Craters, and Washington, D.C. Unmasking the Ancient Riddle of the Hebrew Year 5785 and the Eminent Destiny of America by best-selling author Dr. Thomas Horn. Divided We Stand, the globalist scheme for a one-world government by Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis and the Prince of the Power of the Air and the Last Days, Satanology, History, Prophecy, and Technology by Jeffrey W. Martis. But we're just getting started. This must-have collection also includes the breathtaking two-hour documentary, The Secret Destiny of America, on DVD, featuring Dr. Thomas Horn as he reveals who the God on America's Great Seal and U.S. $1 bill really is. Why 72 pentagrams in the Capitol Dome are used to control the ancient cosmo craters who rule the nations, the coming incarnation of Antichrist, and much, much more. But that's not all. With the holidays just around the corner, now's your chance to save big and receive solid bonus merchandise absolutely free. Because also included in the We Are Legion Grand Collection are any number of brand new, super quality, overstock gift books, DVDs, or audio sets to add to your library or to give away as gifts this coming holiday season. Sold separately, these items hold a retail value of nearly $150. Yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling, so act quickly. You can scan the QR code on your screen using the camera app on your phone for instant access to this special opportunity. This is the largest giveaway of the year just in time for the holiday gift-giving season and is available 
available only while supplies last, so don't delay. Visit us at skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the We Are Legion Grand Collection now. This is not an offer you want to miss. It is the largest giveaway of the year. Free gifts inside. Don't miss out. It's based on while supplies last and then it's gone. And it's also coming right uh, during the Christmas holidays. So for yeah. people whose budgets have been uh, stretched to the limit as a result of inflation and everything right. else that's going on, they give this stuff away as gifts to your friends, family, or keep them for yourself. That's right. Donna, with just a couple of minutes left on the clock, Another fascinating part of the book, The Prince of the Power of the Air, birds. Right. We see birds often associated with the idea of evil. Mm -hmm. Crows hanging out at graveyards or mm -hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, the raven sitting so ominously in the corner of a candlelit room, right? Right. Now, some of that may be thought of as silly, but there is something significant that this book points out, the fowl of the air. So Jeffrey Martis is not suggesting every bird's a demon, but what he did is very, very interesting. He says, if you look at how the physical world mirrors the spiritual world, we can learn much. In fact, a lot of what comes out of the Bible is exactly that. That's how we get how God's hand reaches forward and does one thing or the other. God doesn't have hands. He's spirit, right? We use our own uh, human terminology to understand things of the spiritual realm. Birds throughout the Old Testament and the New frequently are, are, are intermingled with language of uncleanliness and evil, and oftentimes, in some cases, even specifically associated with the presence of demons themselves. Just to give one real quick example, the parable of the sower and the seed. Uh, we have the fowls of the air devouring the seed. That is specifically identified with Satan. And we can get more into birds next week because we do have a couple more things to say about them. But here's the thing. Satan is not omnipresent, right? But he does have his minions. Birds, what we can see when we compare one thing to the other, they go out, they are all over the world. Birds move about with the hive mentality that even zoologists and animal scientists cannot explain. One takes off and the rest move behind them in a V. There's weird patterns of behavior and they are, by the way, the fastest animal on the earth. When you hear fastest animal of the earth, sometimes you think cheetah or whatever, but there are certain falcons that can move up to 240 miles per hour. So in the earth's atmosphere, right? Prince of the power of the air. Watch how they, they function in the physical realm and earth's atmosphere. You get a picture of how the demonic presence that follows Lucifer around or Satan and follows him and how they function. They're fast. They have a hive mentality. They work together. There's many things we can learn from studying. The and birds. next week you'll find out that that's just the beginning because he goes deep into how they are necromantic. They are used for communicating wow. with the other dimensions. And sometimes they're spying on you and taking your message to somebody else. You'll find out this book's unprecedented. And understanding the Bible is key to understanding spiritual warfare which is key to navigating the days ahead, especially the ones we're facing in the United States right now. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for everybody here on panel. Join us next week when we continue our conversation about Satan in the wind and weather. And our guests will also show how he appears in technology. It's not a program you're going to want to miss. For everybody here in studio, everybody on panel, I'm Joe Artis Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back.